It's Sports Arena and it's Extreme Rewind. Your weekly look into the world of extreme as we look at ECW Hardcore TV from episode one all the way to four and very pay-per-view special and now ECW on TNN in between. And of course, it is pay-per-view week as we finally get to Living Dangerously 2000. you got myself, Paul, and I'm joined as always by Jay. What's happening, Jay? I do love a pay-per-view week. Um, there's something a little bit sad about when you go on to the WWE Network to look at where the pay-per-views are and to realise how few we have left to cover. Um, but there's there's something magical about a pay-per-view week and Living Dangerously 2000 definitely lives up to that. Yeah, no, obviously it, it's felt like a lifetime since the last pay-per-view we've done. It's, it's, um, it's been a while and I didn't really think this one was, was any time soon until it just popped up, so... Couple of months, yeah. So, um, this charged was the last one in January. Um, so nice, so yeah. yeah, it's good to get in. Obviously, like you know, from a, from a personal thing, this is sort of one that I wanted to get to. Obviously, the whole Carino Dusty Roads thing, so it's always been on my radar since we started as one that I look forward to um, talking about. Um, do you know what the dark match for this show was? I do know what the dark match for this show was. Oh, explain um, all the others. I, well, you know, if you've been on the journey, all the episodes from 1 to 401, from 1993 onwards, um, then it's a couple of uh, our old school loves. Um, Mikey Whipwreck with the win against Pitbull number one. Yeah, I thought it was, um, it was interesting the Pitbull one was here, really. I think that, obviously, Mike, he's still with the company and sort of doing his transition with um, the Sinister Minister, but I just thought it was, um, yeah, it's nice to Pitbull one, obviously. I don't know if he was was given a tryout as a potential return or whether it's just, just came in as a one-shot for the crowd or how it works, but yeah. So it sounds like he's in and out. So, um, uh, according to Wikipedia, uh, he returned to ECW on February the 11th, where he teamed at a live event where he teamed with the Sam and Tommy Dreamer against Jack Victory, Rhino and Steve Carino. Um, he makes his televised return um, on June the 25th. Um, and then he again turns up um, on July the 7th on ECW on TNN. So we get to see him a couple more times. No, that's good. Be nice. And what else is historic about this pay-per-view? Not really so um, historic. It's just a fact about it. That it was um, a sellout attendance of 5,000. I don't think it was even that. I think it was 3,300 or something. No, that, but, um, again, um, Wikipedia tells me it's 5,000. We'll go 5,000. Sounds better for him. This is uh, Mike Awesome's final pay-per-view appearance for ECW. Is it? Yeah. That's ridiculous. I know. Right in those highs. Apparently, um, yeah, apparently this is his final pay-per-view appearance. <sighs> so we've got him dropping the belt. Yeah. Yes, we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's not done as a on on a pay-per-view. I always assumed that was a pay-per-view. No, it's just a random house show. Jesus. Yeah, no, it's just it's just basically just a house show. He was brought in 
ran through the crowds, but we'll get to all that. Really soon, by the sound of things. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, the show kicks off with the Sinister Minister talking about ECW's Seven Deadly Sins. I'm not, is he officially Sinister Minister? He said it in the network description. Uh, so I don't think he's been referenced as... Yeah, I thought that. But um, he said it, so I'm willing to go with it. I mean, he is. Yeah. Got a red suit and everything now. Yes, he's got the... Um, the, the, the bit that I always thought was really, really cool because I'm obviously incredibly easily impressed is the um, uh, eyebrows kind of brushed yeah, up into yeah. to little horns. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's good. He's sort of got his whole little sort of look going and yeah, it's like he does feel full sort of sinister minister-ish. So that's impressive. Yes. Um, did you make a note of any of these seven deadly sins? Um, I went for like the last four. It's kind of like got to. I was enjoying them, and I thought I should sort of write some of these down. So I'm, I've got them. So, which ones have you got? So, which sins have you got? I've got uh, gluttony, sloth, wrath, and envy. Um, so vanity was Dawn Marie. Yeah. Um, but if anyone deserves vanity, then it would be her. Um, uh, didn't. So what have you've we got? We got. Obviously, gluttony was Big Sal. Yeah, it kind of suggests that maybe he's cannibalistic. Yeah, um, sloth was Raven. Raven. Hey, Scotty, Scotty, it's a gimmick. It's just a gimmick. Which I thought was funny. <sighs> uh, Raph being there, done that. I thought that was yep. funny. Uh, Envy was Dusty Rhodes being jealous of Steve Carino. Yep. And there was others, which I can't remember. There was Francine. Was that mm. was that Lust? Yep. Francine, Francine and Tommy? Yep. So there's one more missing. Which I think was the first one. Pride? Um, I can't remember what the first one was. I can't remember who it was. Oh, no, I should have wrote them down. But, um, yeah, it's the first one as well. Shouldn't even mentioned it at this point. So the whole I'm world going of... if I can find something very, very quickly. On... I can't. I know I should have rewound it. In my heart, I know I should have. Um, he then finishes off with saying, any company that competes with an ECW pay-per-view will be living dangerously. And then laughs. And this feels like the laugh that was sampled for um, the theme music for Tajiri and Mikey Whitbrook. Felt very similar. For those who are all about recognising laughs. Uh, we cut to Joey Styles and Joe Gona in the ring. We get their normal intros. Obviously, Joe goes full blown into it because it is a pay-per-view. Cyrus comes out. Um gets into an argument with Joel Gertner and basically Joel says he wants to go right now and Cyrus doesn't really want to fight and ends up attacking him and it all kicks off a bit we get the intro video yeah I mean it was a little bit um, the, 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 the Joel Gertner shtick felt a little bit um, uh, stretched in this one um, yeah 
he, he kind of had to pro- re- mispronounce Connecticut to get it to fit with what he wanted. Yeah. Um, and it just wasn't really worth the... Um, that wasn't uh, one of his uh, his best work, was it? I don't think, I think, but... Um, yeah, I don't know, I guess... There are a lot of them, and the problem is a lot of them always sort of just relevant to the time, so... But yeah, it did feel um, more of a stretch than some of the others. Uh, so we get the intro video. Steve Carino um, is in the ring, cuts the promo, calls the fans drunk, sexual deviant, and douchebags. Uh, douchebag was the only bit that got a boo. They were quite accepting to everything else. Which I thought was quite funny. Um, greed was the that other thing. And that was uh, the insane luchador, super crazy. Yes. Uh, Okay. Very the very first one. I knew it was Thank the first you. one. WWE.com. Boom. Um, yeah, so Creed's basically in the ring, does it, um, sees the Sandman wife's in the crowd, calls her the biggest douche of all, pretty much verbally destroys her. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, I, I mean, kind of, uh, you know, for, for us EC, ECW historians, Goes back to you know the Sandman's heel turn, and yeah. um, you know pay your bills, Tommy. Um, suggesting that maybe the Raven and Laurie Fullington storyline might have gone a bit further than just a storyline, um, and that uh, she'd put more wrestlers over in the back than than anyone. Uh, <laughs> Everything about this promo is horrendous. Oh, it, but, it ages so badly. But I mean, as 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 just a a heat magnet promo, still, still just pure. It's hilarious in it's pure insanity. Yeah, and I, 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 I think one of the things is, it's. I mean, I, I don't know if it classes as sexual innuendo. The only reason it would class as sexual innuendo is he doesn't actually say anything overly sexual because it's all in wrestling terms. Yeah. So, you know, he, you've, you've put over so many of the boys. I'm probably the only one you haven't put over. So why don't you put me over in the ring? I'm, you mean sleep with him. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's very, it's, it's very odd, but it, it, it doesn't age well especially when you know he's he's sort of suggesting that maybe um he'll uh, abuse her in the ring because she wants it yeah no he's been a bit of um a villain but you do have a hero come out to make the rescue like in any any good film so the sandman runs out to the ring um but it doesn't really work out he gets um that's so he battered. Yes. As, um, as, the rest of, as the rest of his run has been so far, he comes out, basically gets destroyed. Um, he picks her up. They both get sort of put through a table. Does she get put through a table? She gets put she through a table, doesn't she? Yes, it's another one we're holding it, yeah. In an iconic yeah. ECW spot. 
yeah, so basically she gets put through the table. He gets pile-driven. Uh, he ends up picking her up, carrying her to the back, sort of screaming, where are my kids, where are my kids? And, um, yeah, as we later find out, they head towards the hospital. So we get there. I mean, it's 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 mega heel heat on um, Rhino again. Um, yeah, and, and Steve Acrino. Yep. Um a, a, a hellacious, uh, you know, bump from um, uh, Laurie Fullington. Um, peaches, as she once was. Um, but it was good to hate seeking segments to start the show, though. It was. It felt quite um, Dudley's esque. There was a couple yeah. of, of the, the the segments that felt as if they were trying to recapture some of that Dudley heat. Um, it, very, it basically felt like to get ECW experience, the only way you're truly going to do it is by watching pay-per-view. Yes. It, it, it did it enough to say, basically, yeah, TV's cool, but if you want the full ECW experience, you have to watch pay-per-view because that's where we can really be ourselves. Uh, yeah, and we'll, we'll come on to that when we're on the, um, the, the apology that's given in the... Uh, in the, the um, Carino versus um, Dusty Rhodes match. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, the weird thing is, is this feels like the, the, the biggest, strangest, teased um, uh, match between Sandman and, and Rhino. They've been, they've been teasing this for so long now, ever since Sandman returned. Um, yeah. and it just it just feels strange that it's still not happened. Yeah, I felt that. Like, I felt like the pay per view was obviously the perfect time. Maybe they thought they'd hold off and wait for one of them to be sort of champion or or something. But it felt weird that they didn't yeah. go ahead with it. Especially, I mean, one you, of the you, few you know what you could matches. you know what you could do if you want to hold off until one of them's champion. Put the belt on one of them. Oh yeah, be too obvious. Yeah, well, we'll get to that. Exactly. Um, so basically, it all cuts off. Carino then comes back out to the ring. Um, so he's not waiting. Dusty Rhodes, he's the new American dream, if you will. Basically, brings out Dusty Rhodes, and we then get our ball rope match: Dusty Rhodes versus Steve Carino to kick off the show. Um, I love this match. I've always loved this match. It's it's just um, for me, it was the moment where like Carino became super cool and I became a mega Carino fan because yes. he just, I mean, the promo, rightly or wrongly, sort of made him really stand out from the pack for me at this point. Where out of everyone, he was the one where you just thought, you, you're the you're the guy. But um, yeah, the match itself is good. Um, it was at that weird sort of stage where you didn't really sort of think you'd ever see Dusty Rhodes wrestle again. Yeah. And I think this basic, this match led to WCW rehiring him. And he had a match on WCW as well. I think it was Dusty Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes versus Ric Flair. And 
maybe David Flair. There's definitely someone. Maybe Jeff Jarrett. I don't know. But um, yeah, they had a, a tag team match on pay per view. So Dusty Rhodes went back to WCW and had a little match after that, which was decent, all because obviously they saw that he could sort of still go in some portion with the right kind of booking. Protection but, um, and look after, yeah. Exactly. And, you know, his promos and everything still does have a lot of value, which is, isn't far off what AEW is trying to do with some of the legends now, where WWE will put them backstage roles and they'll be like, no, these guys can still actually cut really good promos. So... Yeah, and and you know just just help kind of legitimise and stuff some of the um, some of the newer guys. You know, you, exactly. You, you, you build the rub. So slightly different, but still good. But um, yeah, what did you um, remember or enjoy about this match? If um, uh, so, uh, <laughs> tell me how much you loved it. Um, <laughs> I did. I did. Um, uh, so I remember this match i remember the segment i remember the, this build-up um i remember it vividly um i remember it fondly and going back and watching it it held up for me um it is not um you know a work great match um it, it didn't need to be it shouldn't have been it was exactly right as it was um it was designed to make carino look like you know something more than the 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 chicken chip pretty boy that we'd seen previously um and it's it's kind of the beginning of quite an interesting run for carino yeah um and i'm really interested to kind of watch that back because um you know i i i loved it at the time and with 2022 sensibilities I'll, i'll be interested to see how it stocks up again um but uh no i mean it was it was it was the match that that i wanted it's the match that i was hoping for it was the match that i remember um and it was it was great it was it was really good um it um it sounded funny in the sense that i don't know whether it's the, the 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 dubbing and the editing of the audio from the network but the crowd were fairly dead on it yeah um and that surprised me uh just how how quiet everyone was on it um and they're not like raucous through the show which is why i wonder whether it's like you could hear you could hear the the, the mics in the ring quite loudly in regards to the thumps and the, the you know the sound of the that running through um but no it was it was um an interesting one for me but um my my only slight gripe and they 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 did it quite well in regards to like they they referenced it and they kind of made it understand but the the finish comes with a second cowbell and with it being taped to Carino's head with sports tape um, yeah. and then a chair shot onto the cowbell onto the thing. Um, and did the referee's help to attach it. So he needed to hold the cowbell originally. And then after Dusty had kind of given up to go and get the chair, 
he uh, he needed to, to to put more tape around and reset it. Um, and they explain that this is the guy that um, Carino and Jack Victory kind of had a go at and beat up in Michigan a couple of weeks ago. Um, so that's why he's he's you know keen for Carino to get his revenge. But it was just one of those kind of like it was a lot of trying to kind of get the spot to work. It reminded of of. Um, you know, us back in the day playing things like No Mercy, where you'd kind of, you know, very precariously set up the tables and work out this huge spot you wanted, and yeah. then you go off and do it, rather than it just naturally happening within kind of the form of the match. Um, but yeah, I, I, I even the commentators I thought did a good job here, and I say even because they were annoying me at this point with their continual. Um, uh, inside wrestling talk of um you know well you know not to be a heel but if if you do this then what do you happen with so and so and you know well you know it's it if she wants to be a worker then that's the sort of thing that happens and and it's all that kind of like you know you you're just a little bit too inside but things like they were saying like um you know dusty's dusty's an old hand at these matches in fact he probably got a hold of that cowbell a little bit earlier and just you know sharpened up a couple of the sides so he could really kind of dig in and stuff which is fantastic but um yeah no i loved it yeah that no, was good obviously dusty did pick up the win um it's the right result really he got legend coming back for pretty much a one-off pay-per-view match he's got no reason to really lose because carino still got so much from it from losing so i don't have an issue with that yeah um, Louis dangerously cuts his usual basically promo. The biggest heat that I saw from this wasn't the promo, it was the title of this segment on the network. Did you see that? Um, no, what was the t- I, I can't remember if I saw it. What was the title? Louis Riles, the ECW Universe. Ooh. And I thought that is probably more heat than his promo because I looked at it and I was like, really. You call them the ECW universe, but um, yeah, I just I just thought it was a uh, yeah that that probably got more heat from me than the <laughs> promo. So I yeah, I mean, an interesting one, isn't it? Um, but just I don't know, I don't know if they do it on WCW ones if they call it the WCW universe or whatever. But I just felt it really just the way they just slipped it in there. I was just. Just for why can't it just be the crowds, but or fans? But yeah, that's them. Yeah, just just the just to remind you again of who won the Monday Night Wars. I know. So I just, I, yeah, like I said, just the, the promo is like his usual kind of like you know I am Louis Daniel. You know the crowds that booing him and usual kind of jazz you get from him. But yeah, no, just that title, um, ECW Universe, got a bit more heat off me. Next up, we had a tag team match. Uh, Danny Dorian and Roadkill with Electra versus the New Dangerous Alliance with Louis Dangerously. Um, match wasn't awful. Again, they, they spoke about Dorian and Roadkill uh, being number one contenders despite having two sets of champions since and a tag team title match to pay really not a part of. Yep. So that happened. And, um, yeah, it looks like they're in control. They're going to win. And in the longest drag out for a turn ever, Roadkill sitting on the ropes, which felt like forever. Electra eventually can be bothered to go up there 
uh, grabbed him and cost them the match and joined the Dangerous Alliance. Yes. So I guess they're not number one. I guess the Dangerous Alliance are number one contenders now. Or is it not? Does it not work like that? Who knows? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the match is fine. Um, uh, you know, CW and Beautiful Billy are, are, are solid enough workers, um, as are Roadkill and, and Doring. Um, the ending is convoluted um, and slow. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, uh, Doring and Roadkill have, have fallen off a cliff after getting the win to be number one contenders. Um, yeah. and, and bearing in mind, you know, they just seem to have been set up in a feud with the Dangerous Alliance. Doesn't look like they're getting their title shot anytime soon. Yeah, basically. Um, quick promo from the Impact players who said they're um, walking out with the belts tonight. This wasn't a yeah. massively long promo, but it was just enough to keep the heat there for the... Um... Yeah, just just introduced the, it as a triple threat in a whole kind yeah. of, you know, we were going to fight these two, but they don't have our belts anymore, so we're not going to. Um, no explanation as to why that means that they are still in the match, but all right. Um, yeah, just just, you know, usual kind of stuff and that's not just the coolest and whatever else yeah basically and in a throwaway sort of segmenty bit that actually I thought was a really sweet line and one of my favourites we cut to the ring again we've got Simon Diamond standing there looks like he's going to have a match with Kid Cash Simon Diamond grabs the mic and says Simon has a problem you there hear another voice saying Simon you do have a problem and uh, Michael Olsen's music hits. And it's so yes. simple, but I, I've almost felt like all the Simon has a problem segments were leading to this moment. Um, yeah, so as... Case, but it was just so uh, cleverly done. As a setup, yeah, I thought it was great. As an angle and as a reason to have a heavyweight championship match, so please refer to my, my complaints I've had for the last year-ish with ECW yeah. pay-per-views and this. Um, you know, I do not understand why your champion is having to come out and pick fights to get a challenger for the heavyweight championship. Yeah. Because the thing is, I fully understand that um, tonight should have been RVD probably defeating Mike Olsen for the heavyweight title. Yeah. But had long enough to think of a plan B in the terms of like challenges. Or don't have a heavyweight championship match on the night. You, you've got him in the main event. You've got or the, yeah, the right. tag match. You've got your champion on the card. You've got, and we'll get to that. You've got six people in the ring at the same time. You've got five potential challengers if you want something straight after that, even if it's just a blow-off, throwaway feud. Um, you know, there's, there's stuff you can do. Yeah, There's a lot of stuff you can do. A, a, a nothing match with Kid Cash in the middle of the card, you know, it, it doesn't help anyone. Yeah, so I'm not. I'm not suddenly thinking. My God, Kish, Kid Cash, maybe he's the guy. 
guy who defeated Simon Diamond about four weeks ago with help from Jazz is ready. Yeah, so fast forward into basically the segment. Simon Diamond basically got the hell out of there. Um, ends up with Kid Cash versus Mike Awesome. You, you giving Cash someone, giving Awesome someone fairly light again, so he can ragdoll and do power bombs off the top rope, which look phenomenal visually, but yep. he's very protected in who he's doing it to. Yeah, so you know, you do have a problem. Get out of my ring no kind of explanation as to what he was going to do, why he wanted to be in the ring at that time and, and throwing his weight around. Um, Kid Cash refuses to get out of his ring for, for reasons. Um, so they, they get at it. Um, it went on too long again for me. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's my same complaints. It went on too long. Uh, Kid Cash had too much. Um, you know, it's it's it didn't it was, need to be that level. It was it was strange. Like you've you've got a problem. Get out of my ring. No, we'll have a world title match then. Yeah, it's like that'll oh, teach you. That's worked out really well for him. Feud one. But yeah, I, I mean, so you know, compare this to to the match previously where the the number one contenders for a tag team title match can't get their tag team title match. You know, all they needed to do is hang around in the ring for a little bit longer. They could have had a world title match instead. <laughs> this is true. Um, yeah, so basically, awesome one. And like I said, the finishing powerbomb spot is like super yes. impressive and not disputing that. Just a very weird setup and totally not needed, really. Um, no. We cut to next match. Uh, Gato and Jada returning versus Chris Chetty and Nova. For what we got this match, it was it was decent. They worked well. My only issue with this match is um, a few months ago we spoke about RVD Spike situation, where Spike would come out, kick someone in the balls, and beat him for thirty in thirty seconds. You know, the week before RED's having like a 20 minute match with this, and it felt a bit like this is here. I felt like Chetty and Nova really just dispatched of these two and made a lot easier work of them than the impact players did. Yeah, I mean, it was described as an upset with them winning, which I think is is fair. Yeah, um, even though Gato and Jado have beaten no one in ECW, but that's you know, separate point. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's it's. I mean it's a good match. It's a good technical match. You've got some very good wrestlers in there. Um, but you're absolutely right. You know they 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 took the, you know if you if you take the storyline from last week, they were seconds and they were they were close to actually going on to the pay per view to challenge for the the the, the tag team titles. Yeah. Um, Instead, you know they've they've got a very short match with um, Nova and Chris Jackley, seven minutes. You know, that's the thing. Just... So, so now it's just obviously it's good they're on the pay per view and all this, but it just felt a bit like you know, it shouldn't give this dominant tag team such problems with these two just sort of catch them off. But um, it's like splitting hairs, but it just hasn't stood out for me. That's all because it, it seems to be something they do. Quite often, you know. 
Yeah. Um, another Louis promo with basically Dangerous Alliance now with Electra. She basically <sighs> gets to the forefront, pretty much rags on them. Dorian Roadkill says why she left him. Firstly, the first person she takes aim at is Paul Heyman. Yeah. Because when they were young, talking about so-and-so and something to do with man, man, man. Um, and that closes with, Paul, you and I have personal animosity, which should never be saying a wrestling promo. Um, but yes, so so they've got personal. Then she goes on to Doring, and instead of cutting a promo on Doring, she basic promo on the booking of her and Doring. Yeah, you know, I'm meant to be. You know, I'm a thirty year old confident, thirty something confident woman who can have anything I want, and I'm meant to be some kind of jealous psycho ex stalker because of Danny Doring um, like I'd ever been Danny Doring and then she goes on to air some dirt sheet level stuff about her and Roadkill not getting on yeah you know you complain I'm unprofessional we complain I'm always late you complain blah 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 you know we we really don't like each other and you're kind of sitting there going so so that's just there's nothing good in any of that. This is just, you know, shoot stuff, but not without any, not with any real value to it. Yeah. This is just shitting on people, not anything more. Um So yeah, and then and then because there's a new boss in town. That's it. So that's basic. Yeah. So she's joined. I mean, she'll be better off with the Dangerous Alliance. To be fair, it's a better fit. I mean, I'm hoping it. I'm hoping it means she's on my TV less. To be honest. Yeah. But, but uh, fair we get a couple of segments. Um, ECW World Television Title Semi-Final Match: Italian Deathmatch Super Crazy versus Guido with a Big Sal Graziano. Um, my so just, match. just before this we have confirmation that Rhino has progressed by the Sandman forfeiting yeah because he's at the hospital with with Laurie obviously yeah no and we will yeah. not see him for a long time because these checks take a while <laughs> the way um, yeah, so basically we get um, we get that, and uh, basically I found this match. Is I know obviously it's, you know twenty plus years ago and everything else, but even the story going into it, you knew that it was going to be crazy. So I, I felt I did a good job trying to make yes. you believe that Guido was going to win, but realistically he had no chance. No. Um... Uh, and, and you know it's the right decision for Crazy to go over here. Yeah, of course. Whether it's the right it's decision hard, you know. for Crazy to continue to go over is a different story, but it's the right decision for Crazy to go over here. Um, they, they tried to do something different to the last four hundred times 
Yeah. Um, I'm not sure they achieved it. I know that, you know, you've got a little bit more violence in some of the spots and crazy taking a bit more of a beating and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the, the nuts and bolts are the same as what we've seen. And again, you know, as we say every single time, it's not, they never have a bad match. That's the thing. It's not about the quality of the match. It's just sort of the repetitive yeah. nature of it. And then you can give it like, you know, a slightly different title, but it's still, in essence, the same. I mean, a lot of the spots are similar or the same. You know, they, they, they hang it together fairly similar. Some of the transitions are the same. You know, it, it, it's not bad. It's just the same. And like we said, you know, Crazy was always going to win this, which again isn't necessarily a bad thing because obviously we've been setting up the Rhino sort of crazy sort of feuds through the network sort of style bits. But um, yeah, still. And so Crazy does win and advances to the final. Um, next up, we've got an interesting one because we've got um, Balls Mahoney versus uh, Kanemura. My thing with this is obviously at this time we basically didn't get ECW TV until ECW had basically finished. I think it was. And most of yep. them were on WWE by now. So we had um, VHS's DVDs that we'd bought previously to see these sort of things. We saw this match and we were like, wow, cool. Super match. I didn't realise that they would do a match like this with like zero build whatsoever. Yeah, I mean uh, this. This is a, a non-grudge, non-death match, non, you know, no cold. You know, this is them in the match for the first time, and and that's the end of it. Yeah, and it, it kind of felt like with the whole sort of FMW. This should have been more of a thing. I think FMW, I think, I'm not sure if it finished before ECW or lasted a little bit longer, but they're, you know, similar sort of times. They both sort of fell away. But, um, yeah, I just kind of thought you're just going to come in, suddenly, boom, match with Bald Mahoney, would you reckon? You know? Yeah. And it just sort of caught me off guard a bit. I was just like, okay, fair enough. But um, 2002 FMW in its yeah. initial run. So this is this is after the Anita run, which is you know till ninety five. This is the uh, Fuyuki run up until um, two thousand and two. That's right, yeah. Because I sort of remember obviously did the dark side of the ring of it and everything. But um, yeah, no, I just like I said, uh, not a problem with the match itself. Just felt like it could have been a video on ECW and TNN. Could have, hell, could have balls Mahoney on. TV saying he challenges anyone from anywhere FMW. No, I just, it, it's all like Something, whatever. Yeah. I, just, I just, it felt weird that suddenly, hey, these two are fighting because it's something you can sell a pay per view on rather than a surprise for people who already bought the pay per view. I don't think, I don't know, is it enough to I mean, buy the pay per view afterwards? I don't know. Unless they think that Kanemura's not got any real kind of draw to him, in which case, you know, fine, but but why do you have to put him on that kind of thing? I think the placement on this is also very strange. I mean, I know it's designed to get into the the baldies, but um, yeah. yeah, it was it was it was it just felt very 
weirdly throwaway and something that probably didn't need to be throwaway. No, massively agreed. And also, um, yeah, so basically Balls Mahoney wins. It wasn't an incredibly long match, considering. One minute and 58. <laughs> Don't I know? It's like such a weird throwaway sort of match. You, you feel like he could have buried anyone in that time. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so the Baldies basically came out and jumped balls after the match, which then left to um, New Jack coming out. And New Jack sort of basically um, brawling with Grimes. Him and Grimes headed into the crowd and uh, eventually went up the scaffolding. And this is where you get the infamous um, spot where Rick Grimes alleged said that he was scared and Jack was like, we're on pay-per-view, I'm coming with you, and sort of dragged him off. And Grimes sort of did a forward flip, landing on New Jack's head, cracking it into the concrete. And um, he had brain fluids coming out of his nose. And led to a lot of issues for New Jack completely, really. And um, I know it's all like, you know, you can say whatever and, but it just, it just felt extremely avoidable, all of this. It yeah, I mean, it's such a shame because it wasn't, it wasn't an announced match, or not saying yeah. it would have justified it more, but it just felt like a, a completely unannounced thing with Balls Mahoney, which then led to this and led to a spot. And you know, it's an iconic ECW bump, you can't deny that. You know, it's not, it's not that, but it's just, it's just, you know. If it led to like a dive from New Jack or whatever, it's fine. It's just the fact that it did go wrong and New Jack did basically get badly hurt, which sort of led to you know the rest of his career. And it's just it's just kind of sad because obviously New Jack fan and all of it. It's just you know it's just sad how it ended up. Absolutely. I mean, this is this does not age well. This is this is such a hard watch. Um, I mean, it was a hard watch at the time. It was a hard watch when we first saw it. It was a hard watch all the way through. Um, you know, it feels just so lucky and nothing but luck that this wasn't something far more fatal. Um, well, yeah. You know, this 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 was just reckless. Um, and knowing the history of it now, knowing how this then leads on, knowing, as you said, you know, the the issues with New Jack, the XPW result, um, you know, the, all of that, um, it just is, is just, I mean, it makes your stomach churn watching it. Yeah. It's just so rough and, um, it's just sad that obviously, if this if this wasn't on pay per view, you feel like I could have somehow so, got away with it. And there just... is, so I I I I do not make this comparison lightly, and I do not make this comparison um, uh, mockingly. Uh, you know, and I, I you know I understand, and I'm not not saying it's quite the same thing. But there are shades of this that feel fairly similar to 
um, No Way Out 98. In the sense of there's the, you know, it, not, not the same level of tragedy as, as on that day, but just, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a sense of crass mortality to it in the same way as that. Yeah, it, it, it's so hard because you can't say they got lucky because, you know, there were serious injuries and stuff like that. But there is a whole sense of they got lucky. Yes. And, you know, big, big fan of generally most things that ECW did and all of it. But this is probably, I'd say, the only bump in ECW that I can recall. What... So the only other one I'd I'd I'd, I'd put in similar and, and you know there's parallels is um, mass transit. Yeah, mass transit situation, but again, that, again, that's a slightly different. It is. It is. Situation. But yeah, but this, um, is, this is the only sort of bump, bump. The others was like a situation. Yes. This is like the only felt like the only bump where you kind of look at it and you think, like fuck, you guys got lucky, and then. And obviously that, you've had like, you know, Taz breaking his neck and Sabu breaking his neck. And I, I get all that. But this, yeah, is, um, this, this one felt drastically unsafe from start to finish. Yeah. Um, we've not, we've watched New Jack jump off of anything and everything. We've watched him jump off of basketball hoops. We've been watching, you know, but there is, it, it is a different bump. It's a different setup. It's a different, play through you know we've seen people go through three tables we've seen people come off a scaffold we've seen you know so many things um this is different because this was just felt absolutely uncontrolled on both points you know and i know that there's i know the animosity that, that new jack had for vic grimes in this and you know what he felt and you know what he thought was on purpose and blah blah, blah. i do not know how you both jump off of that to go through the smallest table possible, the flimsiest table possible, onto a floor with no padding, and expect to come away safely from it. You know, 999 times out of 1,000, it goes badly. And, yeah, and I mean, this was just one of those. I mean, because you kind of look up there and think, was the original spot New Jack was going to throw Grimes off? And they were going to try and do like a, a hell in the cell type spot. Yeah, and again, you know, worth worth remembering the hell in the cell spot. He was on the ring, um, not straight through to the concrete, and B wasn't technically planned, or at least that's the the, the narrative. Well, yeah, but you don't, you don't mean that. But um, yeah, so. It happens, and um, yeah, it's um, like I said, it's a hard watch. Really, really is. Um, we then go into the triple threat for the tag team titles. Uh, yeah, Michael, some Raven. Basically, Impact players come to the <sighs> ring and basically just say they're not interested in Tommy Dreaming. Must have to everyone. Just one. Raver and Awesome. This left to Raven's music kicking and both of them sprinting out to the ring. They start brawling. Eventually, um, Masafa Tanaka and Tommy Dreamer does come out. They sort of say it's a triple threat match and their triple threat matches are different because it's um, always an elimination. 
I would say this is probably the six biggest stars in name wise ECW at the moment. Um, yes, I, I I'd agree. Um, I mean, but potentially maybe Sandman as an well. So so you know you could make possibly the argument for Rhino at this point, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I, I <laughs> think this is definitely up there. I don't know. I know it's like, you know, it just it just felt like you sort of hear the match um, sort of announced and all that. It's only when you sort of see him, you think, "Gosh, a lot of it's a lot of people's there, like some some big some big feuds that you could have sort of." I know, obviously, you have it all together as In one feud, but you still think one single feud. match. Yes. Yeah. So no, I just thought it was. Um, yeah, just just interesting, really. So I just thought he throwed it out there. Um, what did you think of the the match itself? Um, I think it's really interesting that so the entire match lasts nine minutes. Yeah. At the halfway stage, literally the halfway stage, you know, four thirty-two of a nine oh six match. So one second away from the halfway stage, uh, the first elimination happens, and it's your world heavyweight champion being pinned clean after a roaring elbow. Yeah, I don't know why. If that's the team you want to go out first, understandable. Um, why is your world heavyweight champion doing the job? I guess they've what, got what are you whole, what are you protecting Raven for? I guess they've just got a continuing kind of. Um, Masato Tanaka has his number. Yeah. All right, but you know, Just Incredible can have Raven's number. Dreamer can have Raven's number. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, um, uh, you you could have Just Incredible or Tommy or or, or Lance Storm pin Awesome. And have bragging rights over the fact that they've just pinned the world heavyweight champion. Yeah, no, massively. Rather than it being Tanaka again. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm not disagreeing. I just, um... I just, I, I just the the absolute lack of interest they seem to have in the championship and the champion is just bizarre. Yeah. It it just it, I I it boggles my mind that you know Awesome has basically spent his evening beating Kid Cash and losing to Tanaka. Well, yeah, basically. Um I mean the match was fine. Um I love it because of what it is. But there's nothing special on it um you do you know going back to your point about the star power in this match you do kind of lament that there aren't other matches that could have happened here um it's a lot of people tied up in a very short match for no apparent reason well that's it but that's sort of just you know and the tv title has been the biggest build leading into the baby so i understand why that's the main event but just yeah just i don't know it just feels like so, I mean, you know, I, I, I said 
last week about I don't understand the flip-flopping of the championships up other than the fact that you get to say the impact players are two-time tag champs. Um, and it turns out, you know, that's not going to matter in a month's time anyway. Um, you know, why, why Dreamer and Tanaka had to have a run, I can't tell you. Why Awesome and, and Raven had to have a one-week run afterwards, I can't tell you. Um, you know, that you, you could get them into this match without that. You could, you know, you could just not have them in this match. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just a very strange setup. You could, you could have the Impact players versus Dreamer and Tanaka as the tag team and Raven costs them uh, for, for pretty much the same outcome. Um, or Francine costs Dreamer for pretty much the same outcome. Um, yeah, it's just, it, 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 it feels a bit convoluted. It does. And obviously, like the Impact players do pick up the win. They do get their tag team titles back. And it's a cool sort of moment. Then you think it's been a weird, flippy, floppy couple of weeks. And they shouldn't even lost the belts to start off with if you really want to sort of be that guy. You know? Yeah. So you just, so it's very like, okay, here we are. We're back to where we started, where we should have been. You know, and it's just. Um... Balls yeah, and Axel I mean... never had a championship run. Yeah. Tanaka and Dreamer, Awesome and Raven, both are, are tag champs. Well, it's the business of what I said, like, about feeling bad for um, Axel, you know? Tanaka's now two time tag champs, isn't he? With um, Balls and obviously Dreamer, and Axel never really got to hold it once, which I feel was a shame. But um, yeah, the Impact players are there. Cyrus gets in the ring, celebrates the verb, and says the network's approved of these two are the tag team champions. And now Rhino's going to become the uh, TV champion. Basically brings out Rhino. we got Super Crazy versus Rhino in the final of the ECW television title tournament. It's easy as that. Um, I, I, I mean, I'm just having a look at kind of the, the run on it. So... Um... Uh, so the Dudley boys so if we go all the way back to November to remember yeah Balls Mahoney and Masato Tanaka yeah beat the Dudley boys oh let's go back, back and right let's go all the way but all the way back all the way back to 1997 Lance Storm's first run with the championship him and Chris Candido um Won it December 97. They hold it for 203 days. They're beaten by RVD and Sabu in June 1998, who then hold it for 119 days. So we're now up to October 1998. Um, Dudley boys hold it for eight days. Masato and Tanaka then hold it for five days. Dudley boys then hold it for 20, 37 days. Sabu, Sabu and RVD beat them. 125-day run. Dudley boys win it again. 92 day run yeah. Spike and Balls 26 day run Dudley was winning it off of them 1 day run um, Spike and Balls win it back 12 day run Dudley boys win it back again 1 day run Dreamer and Raven then win it 136 day run Impact Players 48 day run Dreamer and Tanaka 7 day run Awesome and Raven 8 day run Impact Players hold it again <clears throat> um, Spoilers it lasts for 41 days. 
Yeah, so like, so it's used to it's it's been very like sort of strange. It's very much used as a shock value belt. I found, especially with other runs, they wanted to get a bit more. They they it, it's either like ridiculously long or nothing at all. Um, you know, I know we we've talked before about the Dudleys having multiple reigns, but for no real time at all. Um, and it's the same for a lot of teams, you know. Eliminators, apart from their first run, they've they've been kind of you know next to nothing. Gangsters yeah. held it for next to nothing after outside of a hundred thirty nine day run, they then held it for next to nothing. Um, just just really kind of weirdly flip floppy, and and you know just to know that this uh, you've you've done all of this kind of. MacGuffin over the last two weeks to put it back on the impact players so they can have another run which will end with just incredible throwing the title down and vacating the championship oh yeah forgot about that in in 41 days time Jesus eesh just eesh um yeah, main event, I guess. Let's do that. <laughs> this whole tournament, everything was basically built up about, I guess, Rhino becoming the ECW television champion. So everything's been built around that. So the fact that we got it, and um, a few bit of smoke and mirrors, super crazy one. Do you think it was the right decision? Um, I... Because basically the match is... Um, it looks like Crazy's put away. RVD comes out and does enough to distract and all this. And so it's not just a clean sort of victory and all that. And we get a few other bits as well. I understand that. That's all fine. But it is very much uh, uh, I don't know, trying to um, get a shock for the sake of getting a shock, I guess. It is. It it it's it's you know, working the the the, the, the fans, isn't it? It's like, you know, oh, this is what you think and blah blah blah. Um uh, so I mean, there's a couple of things. There's the, the, there's the fact that Super Crazy is the anti-network television champion, yeah, which continues to be the most ridiculous angle going. Um, and and you know, fair enough. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, Super Crazy overcomes the odds um, and wins. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's it. Just feels quite bizarre. Um, and you know, again, I've got the stats up in front of me. This the, he has eight defenses, and it runs twenty-seven days. And then the person he loses it to still isn't Rhino. And this is the other thing, in the sense of Rhino is so much the almost guy. On all of these, you know, if, if if the angle isn't coming out of this that Rhino can't win the big one, then I don't know what's going on because he is, you know, this this beast that they keep building up, but they won't pull the trigger on. Yeah. 
and it's just a little bit bizarre. That is, like I said, it sort of it is like it is there. I don't know why they've built him up so much to sort of not to really go for it. You know if that makes sense. Because he is sort of, you know, there, and he is generally, you know, ready for this. He's probably the, I'd say the network in general, the hottest hills. And um, I don't know, they're, they're sort of defeated. It's almost, yeah. sort of almost destroying their biggest angle. Isn't it, in a weird way? Yeah, and and you know RVD's in there, and he's he you know you've 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 set up an RVD and Rhino feud, yeah. except you can't pay that off, and you know that will be down the line anyway because Rhino's not the champion, so why would that be the feud? You then yeah. kind of reignite the Rhino Sandman feud, which you've now been threatening for God knows how long. Yeah. Um. You know, you've 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 got Tajiri involved with Super Crazy. You know, yeah. I'm I'm glad they finally put those two together. I'm sure they could have some good matches. Um, it it it's just messy, and and again, Rhino just doesn't see it out. Yeah, you know, he's the, he's the hand picked champion. He's won this championship two or three times. You know, if you speak. Uh, it'll be him versus Spike Dudley. It'll be him versus your champion. It'll be him versus Spike Dudley again. You know, I, I don't quite get. And what it is. That, that, that is like the problem with it. All. It is sort of just. It is generally exhausting with it all, to be honest. It just, I mean, you know, we, we don't have a bona fide contender for the heavyweight championship. No. That's partly because they're too coy with some of this. You know, you you should have done RVD quicker. Instead, you had him kind of, you know, everything's a half-hour match. You you put Rhino in for the championship first time, got him beat by Taz yep. quite comfortably, and then you've had him, you know, thereabouts. But, you know, give him the win that makes him. No, I've, yeah, I, I agree. Just um, I understand from the the shock, I guess the shock value side of things, but um, yeah, I don't know. It just it just wasn't the right call in my mind. I just really don't. I don't. I said maybe it's just me, but I just didn't think it was the right thing to do at all. But um, yeah, I just think Rhino going into the TV would have been a lot, lot stronger and probably generated a lot more heat and do this because now you just sort of, I don't know, what you'd be watching just to see him get screwed over or whatever it be, isn't it? And I don't know whether the fear on this is that you can't have three heel champs. So yeah. your tag champs are heel, your heavyweight championship's heel. You know, is this that, you know, but again, this is the problem. So is it that, you know, you can't have the network having the, the, the heel champion, except you, you the, the TV title is above 
all of the other championships. Well, yeah. You know, I don't care. You know, we didn't need the the, the smoke and mirrors and the MacGuffins because of the heavyweight championship. Um, but we can't have the network in control of the TV championship. It's just, um, I don't know, because I just think the network with the TV champion at this point would have been so much better for it. You could almost have Rhino sort of main event in every week, or they could have just done just whatever, a couple of well, little things. I mean, I, I guess what you move into is super crazy, just kind of, you know, dodging the, the, the multiple challenges that the network put in front of it. But it just, you know, where do you go with Rhino from here? Oh, guess we'll find out next week, won't we? We will. We will. Um, what's your match of the week? Um, that's a good question. Um, I'm going, well, there's, there's, Really, only one match it can be, which is the New Day. No, um, uh, it is not. There, there is some very good wrestling on this show. Um, there is some very, very good wrestling on this show. Um, my match of the week isn't technically very good wrestling, but um, Dusty Rhodes versus Steve Carino just still is everything I remember it being. Um, the longest match on the card, 10 minutes compared to everything else. Um, yeah, I mean, it's such a short show. compared. I mean, it's, it's, it's just over two hours. As I said, 10 minutes is the longest match. Uh, the second longest match is the tag team championship match at 9.06. Um, and then it's the, 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 the um, tournament final at 7.56. Uh, really, really kind of short matches in total. Um, but yeah, it, uh, it, it, it's everything I remember. It, it still transfixes me. You know, Dusty Rhodes is brilliant, makes Steve Carino in this match. Um, just, yeah, absolutely incredible. Yeah, no, obviously, um, I think it's pretty obvious that I agree with that. I think it's the right choice. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week as we find out the fallout. We do love a good fallout for a pay-per-view. It's been... It's been Interesting how they've handled a lot of them, but now obviously they've got the TNN. They'll be um, they have to sort of do something. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. So be next. Um, if you want to get involved, you can at underscore sports arena on Twitter or Instagram. That is where you will find us. And um, yeah, have all your ECW needs there. Obviously, if you get any posts, uh, custom action figures, find old T-shirts, anything you remember from ECW, just gets involved. We've always loved to. Hear it. We'll be back next week for um, more hardcore TV and TNN. Or if you're um, creating wrestlers for WWE 2K22 and you're creating old ECW alumni, uh, tag us, share us. You know, we, we, we're loving the game. We're loving the, the community creations. Um, so we want to see those as well because uh, there's some great stuff going on. And um, uh, it's great to see the the, the, the revolution continuing in, in the, the modern computer game um, yes, compared to, you know, the hardcore revolution one we saw segmented in this one. Yeah, no, great shout. Thank you.
But until then, and I can say this because he was on the, the pay-per-view, so it's still oh, legit, it's still relevant. Um, just like RVD, that was the whole fucking show. <laughs>